0: This is the Fantasy Fast Track with Brandon Funston and Brad Evans. Ready, set, go. This is a Fantasy Fast Track podcast. I'm Brad the Big Noise Evans, joined by Senior Fun Buns, Brandon Funston from The Athletic and a bombshell detonated on Monday as Adam Schefter, in Rappaport, in the uh, insider with any kind of relevancy and sources uh, toss out there some mammoth news with far-reaching effects, Uh, Derek Henry is done for the next six to ten weeks after uh, what he is about to undergo, which is surgery on his injured foot, uh, which is going to happen on Tuesday, and it's going to shelve him over that six to ten-week span. Now, Brandon, if things go perfectly, and he is a quick healer, could be back for week 15 Of the regular season, which would be the first week of the fantasy football playoffs. Obviously, there'd be some accumulated dust that he'd have to knock off. Uh, So maybe he's not, you know, fully plug and play at his usual 20 to 25 carries a game. But, you know, at some point during the fantasy playoffs, there's a decent chance that he could resume controls of this backfield. We saw that the organization signed Adrian Peterson on Monday And uh, at tape time, you know, the trade deadline still looms. So we're not sure if they're going to add additional resources or bodies to the mix. But as it stands right now, uh, give me your instant thoughts on Adrian Peterson. If you got a number one waiver priority, if you're sitting on a mountain of fab cash, are you willing to spend a whole lot on either side there in terms of waiver priority or fab?
1: Oh yeah, I mean I was just looking up what he did last year with Detroit as a thirty five year old and now will be thirty six year old. Um but, you know, especially down the stretch was usable. He had two games in week eleven and week twelve where he put over fifty rushing yards and had two touchdowns in each game. Actually scored five touchdowns in the final six games. Last game in Detroit seven carries sixty three yards and a touchdown against Minnesota. Revenge game maybe. Uh that might have been what was <laughs> going on there, but uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, we'll have a, maybe another 24 hours to find out if they make any other moves. We talked about off, uh, you know, on our on our SiriusXM show that maybe Jordan Wilkins is someone they would entertain. He was cut by the Colts. We've always liked him. So if they don't do anything, it's just Adrian Peterson and, and Jeremy McNichols. Uh, yeah, I'm interested in Adrian Peterson as as somebody I would expect 12 to 14 touches per week, most of them being carries, and that's it, it's it's worth. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's um, it's worth a good amount of your remaining fab cash. Oh, oh, Alright, we'll say of the, hypothetically
0: yeah. got fifty bucks left. Are you gonna spend yeah. forty-five, forty, less than that? Yeah, I would like
1: to leave myself a little bit of something uh, for the f- remaining weeks. So maybe you know, thirty-five to forty of a fifty fifty dollar remaining fab cash budget.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's what it's going to have to take. You know, again, this is assuming they don't add another body to the mix there. It is Peterson and Jeremy McNichols. And McNichols, I think, is worth a, a few dollars in fab cash as well, maybe upwards of 10 bucks in a receptions-heavy league because he's going to be the primary pass-down running back. Uh, but I think, you know, probably 12 to 14 rush attempts per game is going to be the week-in, week-out total for Adrian Peterson. You know, Mike Vrabel came out and said we really don't want to deviate much from how our offense is currently set up, which is entirely centered around Derrick Henry. Now, you know, Peterson's not going to come out of the woodwork, and I know he's an athletic marvel and a freak of nature, uh, alien like in his abilities, but you're right. He's long in the tooth. How much gas is he having left in the tank? It's anybody's best guess, uh, but he's not going to get 20 carries in a game. I think 12 to 14 makes sense to me. He's still got a top 10 offensive line. Uh, they are going to have to strike. Uh, a more strict balance overall. So a little bit more AJ Brown. Really need Julio Jones back. Uh, but he is certainly a player we're slapping the wallet for. Again, assuming that nobody else comes into the fray and really, you know, shakes things up. So <laughs> Adrian Peterson, uh, a, a cat with nine lives. No doubt about it. And this, If this isn't number nine, then I don't know <laughs> what is for him at this juncture in his career. So it gives you a little perspective there. Uh, just real quick, any uh, – Players in particular, if you're a Derrick Henry uh, rosterer and you're like, look, I'm going to go out there and spend uh, all my fab cash on Adrian Peterson or I don't have the number one waiver priority with trade deadlines coming up in fantasy leagues, a couple of weeks away from many of those, uh, at least default trade deadlines, anybody you would target via that market right now?
1: Yeah, we've talked up uh, the Denver running backs and how soft their schedule is down the stretch and, and, you know. Melvin Gordon, that's a 50-50 split between Javante and Melvin Gordon. And I've been saying go after Melvin Gordon because everybody's, you know, speculating on Javante just elevating his game in the second half. But then, you know, it's been 50-50 week in and week out. But now you have a week in which Melvin Gordon scored two touchdowns and Javante didn't. And, you know, so maybe you get a little bit of a, uh, you know, a value that's come down a little bit on Javante. And, uh, you know, you can get him cheaper now maybe than Melvin Gordon. And if you can do that, I think it behooves you to maybe target him. Um, yep. I would say maybe even like a DeAndre Swift as you know as someone look at these guys coming off the off of a bad game and then he also has a buy. If you can be. He maybe get a you know a markdown on DeAndre Swift before he comes back from the bye. Someone wants to get rid of him after a bad game and having to sit him out for a week. So if you can uh, if you can have some patience, he's not a bad target as well.
0: Yeah, and I'm just gonna throw out uh, ease of schedule. I mentioned Denver; they have the easiest schedule remaining for fantasy running backs. The Giants are second. Maybe Saquon Barkley. You uh, could toss out an offer and see what you could get for him. Houston, don't waste your time. They have the third easiest. Philadelphia, Boston, Scott near term, but more Miles Sanders long term. Uh, if you can, you know, get by these next couple of weeks until Sanders is back, you'd probably get him ultra cheap right now compared to where he was drafted. Uh, Buffalo has the fifth easiest remaining schedule for fantasy running back. Uh, Zach Moss would be the target there over Devin Singletary. Then Miles Gaskin with Miami, the sixth easiest schedule. And Gaskin, I think, can get for practically nothing right now. Uh, he had a you know nice game two weeks ago, but last week, you know, still the volume was there. Double-digit carries, and you know he's a fixture in the pass game. Uh, with Miami and their defensive woes, you know, I think there's a solid baseline for him week in and week out. That's a guy I'm actually targeting right now because. Uh, yeah. And know, the only the
1: voice. only bummer about Gaskin is the week 14 by which I can't believe the NFL, is, you know, claiming to be fantasy friendly. NFL is giving teams week 14 buys.
0: Oh, yes. The rats of the bastard. Uh, that <laughs> is indeed the NFL and Roger Goodell for throwing that upon fantasy manager shoulders and with that let's get to the rest of the waiver wire with our fantasy five number five all right brandon uh we have a 14 by week you got no tom brady no geno smith no taylor heineke and no jared goff so three rubbish quarterbacks and one uh future hall of famer who has been absolutely dynamite this year, with the exception of maybe his performance in New Orleans last week. But if you have Tom Terrific on your roster right now and you're looking for a one-week plug-and-play, QB, that's widely available. Who do you take?
1: Well, I will tell you that I just already made the move for Derek Carr in one league because I'm in a league where you can pick up bi-week players and drop players that just played on Sunday. And so I did that. I dropped David Johnson, picked up Derek Carr, um so but Derek Carr is owned in more than half of Yahoo Leagues and he's not gonna be available there for everybody. I like Tua. They they throw the ball a ton in Miami. They're facing the New York Giants. Now we are doing this before the Monday night game. We don't know how bad Patrick Mahomes decimated the Giants defense, but it's I, I'm imagining that after the game I'm still gonna feel like this is a good matchup for Tua yeah. who will be at home. Well actually, uh Tua's playing Houston. Uh, why am I thinking he's playing the Giants? Oh, Derek Carr's playing the Giants. Yeah, there, you go. There, there you go. there it is. There you go. There it is. My bad. But, yeah, if you can't get Derek Carr, my fallback is Tua uh, at home against the Texans.
0: No, uh, yeah, I think that's a great call there. I'm going to throw Justin Fields in the mix. And, and the other reason why is this. I think he has had an awakening. Uh, he's getting comfortable, and he's realizing, oh, I have these legs. Oh, I have this incredible athletic ability. I probably should utilize these in a week-in, week-out basis. You know, against San Francisco – uh, 10 rushing teams, 103 yards in a rushing TD. He was brilliant on the ground. He has now ran for at least 38 yards in three straight games. Not doing a whole lot through the air, uh, but, you know, if he can go out there and give you a Tim Tebow-like line, You know, every single week where it's like, you know, a buck 75, maybe one passing touchdown. Uh, So what if he has a pick and then he, you know, boosts the bottom line with like 50, 60 rush yards? That's worth something. And against Pittsburgh on Monday night on the road, I think he's going to showcase those running skills because the Steelers, uh, they have an aggressive front, Brandon. I think I think you would agree. They really do. They really do. So with the moving pockets getting flushed out, uh, I think he'll take advantage of that. As long as Matt Nagy doesn't ruin him. And, of course, Matt Nagy, who didn't coach on Sunday but called into the NBC show post game, was like, hmm, we have to capture what worked best in that game. Yeah, was the fact that you weren't there, you moron. That's the reason why. So, Justin Fields, for me, uh, Brandon's going to go a little Derek Carr action among some other options on the board. <laughs> Number four. All right, uh, let's move on, and let's talk Philadelphia running backs. Uh, Miles Sanders on the short-term IR. The Eagles uh, this week. Man, great matchup. Most of the Chargers have allowed five-plus yards per carry the running back position. So, Boston Scott, only 20% rostered in Yahoo Leagues. And then Jordan Howard is pretty much universally available, unless you're one of those dolts like me who plays in a 20-teamer. So, give me your thoughts on those two guys if you need a short-term option at RB.
1: Yeah, it's 100% Boston Scott for me over Jordan Howard. I mean, how many times are the Eagles in a, in a luxury situation of just sitting on a fat lead and you know moving the ball at will? And man, Detroit Lions, I thought you had more in you than that. I thought this was going <laughs> to. We be all their were first wrong on
0: Detroit, man. Never trust yeah, Detroit again. I
1: think they're, they have they've lost their will here, and I think uh, we saw that play out. But this, you know, this will be about. It's a good running matchup, but probably going to be a a flip of the script here where Philly is going to have to try to keep up. Maybe they can keep it competitive because the Chargers have struggled a little bit. But I think it just plays into the hands of Boston Scott much better who I believe will continue to be the lead ball carrier until Miles Sanders is back and can mix in in the passing game as well. And Kenneth Gainwell is somebody that I don't think the coaching staff has a whole lot of trust in as a as a pass pro, pass protector guy. So I do think we'll see Boston Scott uh, continue to liberally mix in into that passing game.
0: Oh, who could have saw this coming, Brandon? Hmm. <laughs> I wonder, is everybody yeah, was in, yeah. is putting their hands together for Kenneth Gainwell? You and I are like stumping for Boston Scott saying, you know, this is the guy that I think could actually have the bigger week. And it turned out to be the case, uh, you know, far exceeded all of our expectations. You know, we didn't yeah. expect Boston Scott to go out there, get 12 carries for 60 yards and two touchdowns, even catch a damn ball. Hell, uh, he yeah. was only targeted once. But, but that's it, that's a part of his game that
1: certainly can be,
0: uh, you know, exploited if they want to. Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, we, the way that we always viewed, at least I did, Boston Scott, was kind of like a Darren Sproles type. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, he was tremendous and with a great matchup upcoming against the Chargers, I know it's only probably a couple more weeks of him, but if you need a running back, say you're the Derrick Henry guy uh, and you don't get Adrian Peterson, I think you got to go twenty twenty five bucks and slap that band aid on your roster, and get you by these next couple of weeks with the pride of Louisiana Tech. And then on the cheap for Jordan Howard, maybe 5 to $10 in deeper format just to add some running back depth in the hope that Philadelphia can actually have a lead, but that time is likely past. Number three. All right, let's uh, talk a couple of wide receivers. The other big news uh, over the weekend was Calvin Ridley saying he's going to step away from the game and focus on his mental well-being, Brandon. He is out indefinitely. We may not even see him rest of season. So I'm going to lump him alongside a Green Bay Packer we thought might uh, come off of injured reserve and be activated last Thursday. That, that was not the case, but he is right there on the precipice of returning and very well could happen this week against... Kansas City, no less, and that is MVS. So between Marcus Valdez-Gantling and Russell Gage, who do you prefer out of those two wideouts?
1: Uh, I will go with MVS just because, you know, we haven't seen him play a ton, but we know that he was kind of the talk of of preseason as a receiver that was ready to take that next step. He's always been a big air yards guy. He's been the, you know, when you play opposite Devontae Adams, there's going to be opportunities that open themselves up for big plays. And if you remember back when he was healthy, they were trying to a bit, uh, you know unlock a couple of those big plays and just kind of Aaron Rodgers had overthrown him on a couple uh, potential opportunities. But I think he'll return and have those opportunities there yet again. So I like him over a guy and Russell Gage that didn't catch a ball with Calvin Ridley out. And he's, he's had one good game, but I really think at this point, it could be Tajay Sharp or it could be Russell Gage or it could be Zackius uh that has a decent game. And I don't know that there's enough there in this Atlanta offense to support another guy, in addition to Cordero always getting his stuff. So give me MVS. I will say that Devontae Parker is 35% rostered in Yahoo Leagues, and he would be mm. first and foremost yes. the priority against those Houston Texans. So if he's not there, then by all means, give me MVS.
0: Uh, I think uh, those leagues are zombie leagues. Devontae yeah. Parker is yeah, only, only be... 35%. That's wild to me. That yeah. really is wild to me. Yeah, he needs to be on uh, rosters in any kind of competitive league that's out there, even in like a 10-teamer with like a six-man bench. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> I'm with you there on MVS. Uh, you know, a guy that had a 20.9 average depth of target, comprised close to 36% of the team's area share in three games prior to the hamstring injury. So I think he, you know, steps back in, picks up where he left off. Um, and really kind of renders Alan Lazard, uh, you know, useless uh, within this offensive scheme. It's Devontae Adams all day, every day, Aaron Jones as well as a a receiver. Uh, But with Robert Tunyon also out, uh, there's going to be some added opportunities in terms of target share. So, yep, I'm with you. MVS over Russell Gage for yours truly. Number two. Oh, Speaking of tight ends, Brandon, uh, the pride of Penn State, how did Illinois beat those guys again? I have no idea. Have no idea. Nine overtimes. Uh, then Penn State turns around and nearly knocks off the Ohio State. Thank you for the cover, Nittany Lions. It's greatly appreciated in that game. But uh, the pride of uh, that uh, university, Pat Fryermuth, the second-round pick, has really come on strong here, Brandon. Uh, with 14 targets, uh, 11 receptions, just over 100 yards, and a touchdown combined over the last couple of games, picking up the slack for the injured Juju Smith-Schuster, who's out for the year with a shoulder injury. So, if you're a tight end needy and you got some fab cash to spend, you throwing uh, Alexander Hamilton at him.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't. I'm I'm interested. I, you know, he my Seahawks unlocked him uh, with the you know the first of of two good games in a row now. Yeah, it's got a good pedigree. Don't like the matchup this week against your Bears. They've been one of the best in the league against the tight end position. Uh, dude, but don't, yeah, don't buy to that
0: narrative. At uh, Friday, yeah. you're still gonna have a nice game. Trust me on that.
1: Well, I'm just like, how many people are dying at tight end? Now? I think with Dan Arnold, you know, kind of it becoming a thing, I th- and Gronk coming back. I, there's, you probably don't have to go that high to get him. I bet you, you know, five to eight dollars probably gets you there. Uh, This week as people are looking at other things But Friermuth I think definitely Belongs on rosters in 12 Team leagues and if it's five to eight bucks You have to pay to get him I think that's fine
0: Yeah look you got the Bears and then you Follow the Lions and Chargers after that the Chargers Have been just slapped around by tight ends This season so uh, You know I got him a 10 to 14 range Because I think he's good for 45 catches Every game moving forward I think there is a consistent steady floor And it's pretty high for Pat Friermuth who has become a favorite of newly-armed Big Ben Roethlisberger, who just lives in the short fields. He's the new Juju. That's who Friar is. So uh, go all in. Uh, who doesn't love a little D Friar and uh, invest in his services right now, even in some shallow formats? Number one. All right, last and certainly not least, uh, let's go to quarterback. And this is for the 2QB and Superflex crowd. It's Taysom Hill. As Jameis Winston is done for the year, torn ACL and his uh, MCL was also compromised. Uh, if you're sitting on a mountain of cash, if you got a number one waiver priority in those formats, it's spinning everything, correct?
1: Yeah, and it's not for just the two QB and Superflex, right? Because, um, you know, I was talking with you on our SiriusXM show. This is basically Jalen Hurts kind of upside. We saw that last year in the four starts. He was over 20 fantasy points in all four of those starts. He was over... Well, he was 49 rushing yards, 44 rushing yards, 83 rushing yards, and 33 rushing yards in his four starts uh, and four rushing touchdowns. So look at that. There's big time upside on the ground. And he was I think we all would agree that he was actually a little bit better throwing the ball than we expected him to be.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, look, he's good for probably on average around 22 fantasy points per week.
1: Yeah, rest of which the season is, which is great
0: yeah I mean look we're, we're recommending a guy like Justin Fields could he be the similar Justin Fields yeah or Jalen Hurts sure he could be you know as yeah. garbage time going to be as good to him as it is Hurts probably not but you know all you need is 200 passing yards uh the occasional vertical strike and then 50 rushing yards and you know rushing TD upside and that's what Taysom Hill will bring to the table I mean he's a more accurate version actually of Fields and of Hurts so yeah. uh, you know I I'd would go all in in a super flex league. And I'm with you. I I think in single quarterback formats, uh, there is some value there starting this week, assuming he is cleared from the concussion protocol and the symptoms he has experienced over the last month because you get Atlanta, and Atlanta's allowed the ninth most fancy points to the quarterback position
1: yep and just remember when when a guy clears concussion protocol he's healthy. it's not like someone coming back from a hamstring injury you know if he clears yeah. concussion protocol, he's good to go, and there should be no physical setbacks whatsoever
0: yeah, and I think those four starts last season just going to be absolutely invaluable for him and his comfort level uh, being the every down quarterback for this franchise if not it's going to be Trevor Simeon and Wow, poor one out. Yeah. If that happens yeah. long term for this franchise, that was uh, that was a fleeting amount of success for him. Uh, is what I'm forecasting <laughs> against Tampa Bay. I don't think that could be duplicated uh, over a string of games down the home stretch. With that, that is a wrap on this edition of the Fantasy Fast Track podcast. Uh, please follow Funson on social media, Brandon Funston. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Noisy Huevos. Drop us a rating and a review, which kindly helps out our show tremendously. And until next time. Adios, amigos.